Hey, it's Tony and Mike's Next Adventure. Once again, here we are uh, trying to do what we do best. And uh, it's always a pleasure to be here with Mike. And uh, if you notice, Mike continues with the ZZ Top look. I love it. I really like it a lot. Did you think it was going to go away after it was uh, being talked about? Well, see, that's the thing with you. When it, when it comes to the beard, you were like full of surprises. You know, sometimes you would come to work and you would have that full beard. And you'd be like, yeah, yeah, I've been working on it. And then the next day it was gone. You know, there's no rhyme or reason to it, you know? Well, this was what I always thought. And I, I would grow a beard all the time. I would grow a goatee all the time. Mm -hmm. But then I would shave it. And nobody would ever say anything. So I thought, okay, the, the beard just must, must, I must have one of those faces where it's like, if there's hair on it or not, it just looks the same, no matter what. So I, I decided to just let this thing grow and grow and grow. And, you know, it's got a, it's got a pretty good lift to it there. It's got yeah, a, no, it does. It's got it a little does. volume. I, I, like I even got like beard wash. Like a specific wash. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, man. I, I'm I'm taking care of it. I really am. Yeah. Well, you look like you're taking care of it. I like it. I really do. And, and you know, with the skull cap and everything like that, well, that's a great look. It's cold. It's yeah. cold. Last couple of days. I'll tell you, it's, that wind was brutal. I, when I picked McKenna up from school yesterday, it's up on a hill. Mm. And the boys, the, Tony, you would love the scene of picking up McKenna at school because it's utter chaos and it's my boys that are causing it. Okay. So everybody has to wear their masks and you walk up to the front of the school and then the administrator walks out and says, who's here for parent pickup. And you tell them, well, that's how it normally should go. But Ben and Josh get in the middle of everybody and just start doing the NASCAR circuit. They just start running in circles and they're like, eh, eh, eh. and she's like, okay, and you're here for Rebecca, hey, McKenna, we're here for McKenna, we're here for McKenna. And they're like, okay, you know, we got McKenna. And then they're like running into school. It's like, Josh, come on, you got to come back, Cody. And you have the mask on, so you can't even really like talk. You, you, you just, you're like, and, and they're just running around. And I, I have no control over what's going on. I know the parents are looking over at me, expecting me to do something. They're not wearing their hoods. They won't wear their hats. So they got the, the boogers hanging out of their nose while they're running around. But, but the mask is on. No, they're not wearing a mask. Oh, all right. No, I, I'm wearing the mask. But they're just running around. And I mean, the parents act like they, they enjoy it and they're having fun and they're laughing with the boys. But it, it's chaos. You, you love that situation. And I love my that. boys that are causing it. Every I love that. Parent I love. I love it. I love it. When 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 there, as long as I don't have to clean up the mess. Yeah. I love the chaos. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and, and what they are the chaos brothers. They are the chaos brothers. And yes. Poor McKenna. She comes out of the school and she's she's like a celebrity that is coming out of a club, and all the you know all the paparazzi are there taking pictures because she's like this covering her face because she doesn't want any of her classmates to know that. Those are her brothers that are causing all of the commotion outside. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> that's that's great. That's great. Enjoy it while you can, Mike. It goes by. I fast. know. I know. You know? I know. Although it, they might still be doing about, this. We're about at that time where one or if not all three of them will 
eventually tell me that they hate me. So, yeah. you know, until we get to that moment, we're, we're having fun. Plenty of time for that. You're doing great. Just give me a break. Okay. Yesterday, Joe Biden's inauguration there at the Capitol. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, after all of that chaos at the Capitol uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was nice to see the Capitol all cleaned up. It looked beautiful. It was a, a nice day, a little chilly, but uh, nonetheless, uh, they did a nice job uh, cleaning the Capitol up for the inauguration. And uh, it, it was it was cool. It was really cool. Uh, I watched most of it uh, yesterday into the evening, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, it, it was it was history being made. Uh, again, it was it was nice to see that. And it was nice to be a part of that. And um, I don't know. I know you, you probably were working when all of this was going on, but uh, uh, it, it was interesting. It was very interesting to watch. And uh, it, it's funny if I heard it right. Joe Biden has the distinction of being the youngest senator ever elected. And now he's the oldest guy ever elected to the presidency. Yeah, what, 78? Yeah, yeah. So uh, history made yesterday with Kamala say that right Kamala Harris Kamala um, Kamala Harris Kamala Harris yep. it, it was they they history was made there mm -hmm. and um you know I'm just thinking as it was happening I thought to myself hey you know isn't this something I'm a part of this even though I'm watching this on TV if I'm still here in 20 years you know I could tell people hey I saw that yeah and uh, it was cool well and and this is where we're at every time a new president is elected we all kind of have the hope and desire that it's actually going to do what this inaugural speech was all about, which was unifying America. Right. And you hope so. Several Republican congressmen and women signed some letter urging to work with the president, uh, which was good to see. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what this means. Every, I think truly they walk into the office with the hope and the desire to be the president of the American people, not the Democratic president, not the Republican president. I think they do. But then log jams happen, you know, the opposition, they're fighting over certain specifics, and then they eventually don't get anything accomplished. The, the one thing that I liked about yesterday was that you did not hear a lot of talk about impeachment and what is eventually going to happen with that. I mean, remember the House voted to impeach. We'll see if the Senate uh, does anything. Now the Senate is controlled by Democrats. Um, I mean, it's it's like virtually a tie or whatever. I mean, they kind of have to sort of uh, look at it that way, but we'll see. But there wasn't any chatter about that. And that was good. You didn't want to see yesterday all about the former administration and what's going to happen in the coming weeks when it comes to that. Um, you know, a lot of people looked at the inauguration yesterday and said, this was a new beginning for the country. This was an opportunity to, to now close the, to close the chapter on what was happening before. And now we can move in a, in a new direction. Uh, and some people would say, well, that new direction is the old direction that we wanted to get away from when we elected uh, President Trump. So we'll see. I, it, it's, it's the first day, first full day of office for uh, President Biden, and we'll see. I, I have all the hope and desire to to see this country uh, unite again, to see policy from both sides, both parties 
uh, being represented uh, in Washington and actually get things accomplished, get this vaccine out, get COVID under control, get the economy churning again, you know, deal with these roads and bridges, infrastructure and immigration and all the, the big topics that we're used to talking about uh, out of Washington. But it, it has to start with this COVID thing. We, we've got to We've got to get through this and get to the point where we're outdoors, around each other, restaurants are full board, movie theaters are running again, sporting events are at full capacity. We, we need to get there uh, sooner rather than later. Well, it's not going to happen overnight, but uh, I, I, I hope you're right. I keep my, my fingers crossed. Interesting performances yesterday included a rendition of the national anthem by Lady Gaga. Uh, that that dress was so big she couldn't walk down the stairs. I don't know if you. Yeah, they, they said uh, the, she was introducing the Hunger Games. That's what yeah. it looked like. There were a lot of <laughs> lot of memes with that. Yeah, she did a nice job. Jennifer Lopez uh, sang a medley that included "This Land Is Your Land" and "America the Beautiful," mm -hmm. and uh, she did a great job. And in the middle, uh, she said part of the. Pledge of Allegiance in Spanish. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. And uh, Garth Brooks performed "Amazing Grace." Uh, they did a uh, they did a great job. They did a great job. I thought when it came to the uh, musical portion, I, you know, tell me if you agree or if it's a small point. Garth Brooks was on a TV show the night before, and he was talking about his upcoming performance there at the Capitol, and he said, "Well, it's it's my chance to serve." You know, my, my dad served in the army, my brother served in the army, and, and now this is my time to serve. And I kind of said to myself, He's comparing his. You're, you're, you're singing a song. You know, I don't think that a, a veteran who saw action at the Vietnam War is going to agree with you on this, you know. Uh, but it, it was a small point. I don't think he meant anything by it. But uh, uh, I, I thought it was a little. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of a comment. I yeah, thought. yeah. He's got to go home and face face those individuals who right. served in the military, and he sang a song at the inauguration, and he's comparing himself to them. I, you know, that's that to me seems like a, a little little football game there of the Brooks family. Uh, he's gonna get a he's gonna get a knuckle sandwich in the middle of that, saying, <laughs> "You want to serve? Serve this, buddy." Um, but yeah, I mean, it it was it was interesting to see it this way. I mean, there was. There was no audience out on the mall. It was all flags. Uh, you just had sort of uh, an intimate type of ceremony there. Uh, I always, always enjoy seeing the former presidents uh, on hand. You saw uh, uh, President Clinton, President Bush, President Obama, President Carter was not there. Uh, he did not attend the inauguration. Uh, and of course, President Trump wasn't there. Uh, at, at the inauguration, but I, I, I always enjoy seeing it. You know, I always enjoy seeing the, the former presidents as they get together, seeing them as they've aged so much. I mean, you know, President Clinton, he just, he doesn't look good. He doesn't sound good. Yeah. He's, his voice is very, very weak. Yep. You know, but and even President Bush, I mean, he's really starting to show uh, his age as well um, with that. And, and as you said, Here's President Biden, the oldest ever elected. Um, but, uh, you know, all the chatter, I don't know if you saw this all over Facebook, but all the chatter was uh, about Bernie Sanders and what he wore to the inauguration. He was like in one of those puff jackets that that my dad used to wear when he was out snow blowing the, 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 the backyard and he had the surgical mask on. And now you see his 
meme or his depiction and everybody's putting it like in their family pictures like he's he's sitting there like this with the mask on and the puff jacket like like it said what was bernie sanders agenda today wake up brush my teeth do joe's thing then go stop off at the you know such and such like that was what he dressed for uh that day but you know i found that to be enter- enter- entertaining but um you know, it, 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 this is this is the thing that that, that gets me and uh, you know, it's, it's, what is it? National radio DJ day or something like that. Or Mm -hmm. um, I was listening to radio because I, I was, I was in the process of picking the boys up from school when the inauguration was coming on. And we used to have uh, Kilmeade, right? He used to be on WICC when, when we were there Um, and other conservative talk shows, most of the talk shows that you hear on radio, are conservative. Conservative is a message that kind of gets more of an audience than the liberal message does. And you really see it when the opposition party is in. So, you know, conservative radio is going to fly off because now it's all Democrats. So now they're just going to sit there and complain the entire time. And I was listening to coverage on some conservative radio station of the inauguration. And we talk about unifying, okay? And we talk about what the purpose of what the speech was and what President Biden at least is saying that he wants to do. And I'm listening to this radio broadcast and I used to hate it when they would do this. And they would just talk over it. And there were two guys who were hosting the program. I don't know what the program was. And they were making fun of all of the national nationalities that Kamala Harris was. And they're like, well, yeah, you know, she's the first black, first, what, Jamaican, first Puerto Rican, first Asian. Could you imagine being an Asian 30 years from now saying, oh, I'm not not the first Asian because she had 1%. And meanwhile, in the background, you're hearing her say, you know, the, the, the oath of office in the background. And I'm thinking to myself, if this is the message, while they're being sworn in, I mean, the moment they're being sworn in, from media type, whether it's radio, television, newspaper, whatever, no wonder we're so divided. No wonder we're so screwed up as a nation because these idiots have an audience and they have a, a loud speaker voice because they're on the radio. And, you know, they would say that about you and I, but we never really tried to use our platform for, for that. I just, I just, and it, it doesn't matter if I was a Democrat or Republican. I found it just thoroughly offensive and kind of defeats the purpose of what yesterday was with a new beginning. It was just, I don't know what, like I said, I don't know what show it was, but I was listening to it because I wanted to hear the speech. And here they are just like, you know, what is she? Is she, she black, J- Jamaican? Uh, and they're just going on and on about all the nationalities. She's Oh my gosh! How many times do we have to hear it's the first this or the first this or the first whatever? And it's just like, right? But, but is it one of those wacky morning zoo shows? So, I guess where they pride two themselves. People. On I mean, I, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. It was obviously conservative, whatever it was. But it was just like I said. It's 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 hard enough to have faith in government, um, but when you're being constantly bombarded with messages like that coming from the media, it's tough because, you know, they, they have an audience, they have people that listen to them and, oh yeah, you know, now they're sitting at the, 
local McDonald's saying the same thing to their friends. Like, yeah, well, what is she? Is she black? Is she, you know, and it's just like, so what? I mean, it's just, so what? So I, I just, I found that that took, took me uh, uh, right back. You know, it was just one of those moments where it was like, wow, this administration isn't even five minutes old and they're already just shredding the individuals uh, as they're taking the oath of office. I'm thinking, ah, well, they can have unity all they want it. They can want it, but I don't, I don't know if we're ever going to get there. Good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, when, when Biden was sworn in, did you notice the size of the Bible? Yeah. Yeah. The, the it's Bible. a family. That's a family Bible. Was it? It was humongous. And, and uh, uh, Jill Biden, the, the first lady, she was holding it and he had his hand on it. And I said to myself, this lady can't possibly hold this, this big thing up. Was I mean, it like three the, letters per page? Is that how big it was? <laughs> I, it was, it was, I thought it was humongous. I was like, oh my God. But apparently uh, that's been in his family uh, since the 19th century. So that was cool. Wow. Now, is he the second Catholic president? Yeah. JFK okay. was the first. He's the second one. Yeah. So, and I saw that he invited uh, leaders from both parties to join him at mass that day. So like I said, those are the types of things that I, I hope to see continue. It's it's one thing to have it happen on inauguration day, even the week of the election uh, of the inauguration. But I, I want to see that continue. I want to see Republicans and Democrats continuing to work with with one another on on not only topics but be at events together. I mean, because you saw that in the inauguration, there was the Democrat praising the Republican that was putting the inauguration on and all those types of things. So well, hopefully I think that was continue. a sense of relief, Mike. I think, I think a lot of people were like, okay, yeah. you know, the, uh, the elephant was out of the room and, and, you know, now we can like kind of go about our business and, and, and uh, all of that. So I, th I thought it was cool that uh, uh, Vice President Pence was there, you know, uh, uh, apparently Trump had his own celebration and uh, Pence did not attend it. So, you know, like you said, I just think that uh, everybody didn't have that tension and that pressure. Yeah, and, and just so people are aware, President Trump did leave a note for President Biden, uh, and President Biden did say that it was very gracious uh, and that it was personal and that he was just gonna leave it at that and wouldn't share anything about it until he spoke with President Trump. Now, I don't know if those two will ever speak um, ever, but yeah, it's, it's so, but at least he did leave a note. Uh, he didn't attend the inauguration that that's, uh, you know, in modern history, that's never happened before. It has happened in, in other cases, but, um, well, it he, hasn't he, happened he, in, in 150 years. Yeah. Since, uh, the, the day that, uh, I think it was general grant. I think general grant was sworn in as president. Andrew Johnson did not attend. I believe I could, that that's probably what happened. Yes. Yeah. Uh, did you see that show last night with Tom Hanks celebrating America? No. Uh, it was good. It was really good. You know, it was it was an hour and a half long. Uh, Tom Hanks, of course, I think anyway, one of the most trusted men in America. You know, when he speaks, you can't help but uh, listen. Uh, but uh, there was a hodgepodge of of um, entertainment. Uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen sang. Bon Jovi sang. Um, how was Bon Jovi? Was he all right? He, you know, it's funny because I, I was never a Bon Jovi guy. They did, um, he did Here Comes the Sun, uh, the Beatles tune. Oh, really? 
Yeah, but they did it acoustically. There was a violin and there was acoustic guitar. He sang and uh, I, they did a nice job. I thought they did a nice job, but it was funny. My wife, who's a big Bon Jovi fan, said, what happened to him? I said, what are you talking about? She says, he doesn't sound right. He doesn't sound right. His voice, it doesn't. It doesn't there's a there's a video of him at a wedding. I think I played that once on the radio and he was he was like in attendance at the wedding and the band that was performing at the wedding, I think, did living on a prayer and invited him to come up to sing. And he was very hesitant, like, no, nah, 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 nah. and then he eventually, I think, went up there and just sounded awful. I mean, he had no. to bring I mean, he had to bring it down a couple of keys obviously but just didn't sound so good so yeah. maybe i don't know you know my, my and my wife every time i chop up bon jovi she's the first one to come to his defense but even last night she was just like yeah, something something's off there yeah. she says uh he hasn't been right last couple of times that i've seen him uh sing you know so but uh, they, they did a nice job and uh, it was cool because they they saluted america they saluted teachers they saluted uh, the, the, the guys that drive the trucks, uh, you know, the, the uh, Federal Express guys and things like that. They saluted. Uh, the, the Did they salute that, me? Did they salute they me no, for they, stocking well, the shelves? Not, not, not by name. Oh. Not by, but uh, they, they, salute, they saluted Americans that, that keep this country going. And it was, it was nice. And then which, what was really cool, I thought anyway, was that Tom Hanks, halfway through it, he said, and now a message from the president of the United States, Joe Biden. And I just thought they were going to go to the Oval Office and he was going to speak, but it was going to be a, a tape, you know, yeah, something yeah. that he had pre-recorded. He was right there at the Lincoln Memorial and he, he made a little speech. And uh, same thing with the vice president. She came out and she did a live uh, speech, you know, and, and I, I thought that that was cool. I thought that they would be whisked away someplace you know, and, and, and all of that, but uh, it, it was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it well, was good. Well, Hollywood's back, you know, now that we have yeah. a Democrat president, Hollywood is, is now involved again. Uh, and uh, that's why you saw Lady Gaga at the inauguration and, and Jennifer Lopez and, and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, no, that's, that, that's cool. And, and they, you know, was it virtual or were they all in one place? No, uh, they went to different, places in the United States, like uh, Tim McGraw sang in uh, Nashville. Uh, just At a concert time. hall or was he in his house? He was, uh, he was, there was a bridge behind him. So they were outside. Oh, okay. All right. uh, Justin Timberlake, he sang with another guy in uh, New York City, I believe. Okay. Um, they, so they were, they were all over the place. They went to Nashville, they went to New York, California, you know, so uh, they, they were every place. So I, I saw and, Graham Norton who hosts a show. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he had Justin Timberlake. This is just because you mentioned Justin Timberlake. This has nothing to do with the inauguration or anything, but I thought you'd get a kick out of this story that when Justin Timberlake was like just starting out or something, Mick Jagger of, you know, the, the Rolling Stones, he asked him to tour with the Rolling Stones. And there were like a couple of other, bands that were on this ticket and Justin Timberlake was like the opening act and Justin Timberlake's telling the story and I urge people to go on Facebook to look up Graham Norton's show because it's I think it's one of the best because he just has random celebrities that are sitting on the couch that don't have anything to do with one another it's it's funny to watch but he's telling the story and he's like 
they were the 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 the, the, the audience was looking for the Rolling Stones. And if you're up there looking for the Rolling Stones, he's like, and then I come out. I didn't get much of a reception. In fact, they were throwing urine at him. He said they were throwing urine at me while I was performing the song. Now I was dancing and I was doing moves and moving out of the way of the, the bottles of urine that were being thrown at me. And he goes, but then my second song, I actually was at a piano playing the piano. So I was stationary while they were throwing the stuff at him. And uh, they're like, did, did you continue to do it? He's like, no, no, I, I, that was it. But you know, when Mick Jagger calls you, 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 you do it. But I, I just thought it was funny. I was telling the story. He's like, so kids, you know, it doesn't always start out great. Uh, Cause now he'll sell out arenas uh, anywhere <laughs> he performs, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a celebration of America. Let's just, let's keep it going now. I mean, let's not just make it one day. Let's, let's feel good about ourselves and, and move this in the right direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. Um, saw this this week, uh, Phil Spector, the legendary producer uh, turned murderer. Uh, he died of COVID-19 uh, over the last uh, couple of days. And, uh, you know, he had quite a career uh, producing everybody from the Beatles to Tina Turner, uh, the Ronettes, the Crystals, his, his story goes on and on and on. Uh, but then of course it's overshadowed uh, because he murdered actress Lana Clarkson in uh, 2003. So, uh, you know, I just thought we would mention that because uh, he was always a nutcase, but before it all caught up to him, uh, he was quite a uh, inspiration when it, when it came to rock and roll. Yeah. And if it wasn't for him, guys like uh, Brian Wilson wouldn't have done what, what he did uh, with the Beach Boys. But, uh, uh, you know, he always had a gun on him, always had a gun on him at one time or another. And uh, he produced an album uh, for John Lennon, one called Imagine, some 50 years ago. And this goes to show you what, what, what he was like. They were in the studio and they were singing, they were recording. And Lennon said he wanted to do it, this a particular song, a certain way, I want this. And Phil Spector said, no, no, we're doing it this way. And John Lennon said, no, I want to do it this way. You know, damn it, I wrote the song and this is what I want it to be. And Spectre came out of the control room with a gun and pointed it right at him and, and said, we're going to do it my way. And Lennon was like, yeah, we're going to do it your way. Don't, don't worry about a thing. Yeah, you, you got it. But th that's the kind of a nut bag that he was, you know. But Wow. And this was John Lennon post the Beatles? So he was... This was uh, 1971, I believe. Yeah, okay, so John Lennon... Yeah probably could <laughs> knows what he's doing. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> but, you know, I don't care who you are when they're pointing a gun at you, you agree with them. But so, when you, somebody says Phil Spector, do you remember the murder or do you remember the groups that he's responsible for? What do you remember first? Me, I, I remember him for uh, the wall of sound and, and all the work uh, that he did, but that always comes into the picture too. You know, yeah. you're never going to be able to, uh, toss his dark side, especially the way it all ended. Don't forget now, he went to prison. Oh my God, it's got to be almost 20 years ago for gosh. Is sake. it? Wow. You know, so. I didn't think it was that long ago. Yeah, wow. it's just uh, un unbelievable. One of the greatest of all time. And then uh, look what happens. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned, of course, the inauguration. Here's some interesting facts about 
the inauguration. This isn't yes or BS, but these are like fact or fiction type of thing. Uh, George Washington, uh, his inaugural speech was the shortest inauguration speech on record. 133 words and less than two minutes long. Wow. Well, those were the days. Well, you could tell he was an army. I mean, you could tell he was a, a military guy. A few words, you know. Uh, Abraham Lincoln took an inauguration photo standing near John Wilkes Booth. Yes. That, that is a fact. Yeah, that, yes. he was the first president, actually, to be photographed uh, at his inauguration. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Uh, let's see. George Washington had to borrow money to travel to New York City for his first inauguration. That's true. Wow. <laughs> uh, Ronald Reagan holds the records for the warmest and coldest inauguration. 1981, it was 55 degrees. That's the warmest it's ever been for the inauguration. But in 1985, it was only seven. <laughs> That's the coldest. Uh, ever been. And it was so cold. How cold was it? At Ulysses S. Grant's inauguration that the champagne froze and the celebratory canaries dropped dead. Wow. Okay. Yeah. March 4th, 1873 was the second coldest, 16 degrees with high winds. No kidding. Yeah. So just some interesting facts. Well, that's uh, like uh, William Henry Harrison. I don't know. He was like the sixth or eighth president, something like that. Uh, he was only in office for a month because at his inauguration, he didn't wear a coat. He didn't put on a hat. It was freezing yeah. cold. And his inauguration speech was like an hour and a half, two hours. And uh, he went home and he got sick. And that was the end of that. So, yeah. So, yeah. Always yeah wear your no, coat. I mean, you know, now it's televised. And in fact, this one, I, I'd like to see what the ratings were uh, for this one, just because. Oh, I'm sure it went through the roof. Yeah. This one is the only way that you could you could actually see it because people didn't go down there uh, for it. But, you know, they had all the military there. They had the National Guard. They had uh, they put everything they possibly could into putting that event on uh, to, to sort of show the, the, the people who, who did it. And then you saw that the one Capitol Police officer that's seen in that video sort of baiting the uh, uh you know the rioters up the stairs and sort of away from senators and stuff so they could stay safe and sort of bring them away he actually escorted kamala harris uh to to the inauguration that she he was invited to do that so that's that's cool he, to see he's a very special dude because all of that was orchestrated he he was sacrificing himself to mm -hmm. keep those people away from the senators and Congress and all of that. And he led them in a different di direction. And if I'm not mistaken, Mike, I'm probably going to get it wrong. Uh, they're going to give him the Congressional Medal of Honor or the Medal of Freedom or something like that. They're giving him a big, big honor uh, because of what he did last week or two weeks ago Yeah. Uh, to, to uh, kind of keep those people, those nutcases away from, yeah. from all of those people, all those senators. Oh, and meanwhile, you know, the investigation of that continues. I, I, they have still shots of these individuals, and it's sort of like on a wanted poster that's going on all over the place. They just busted a guy here uh, in, you know, Harrisburg, Mechanicsburg area. In fact, it was a Harrisburg woman that, what did she steal the um, something from Pelosi's office? She's, she was going to try and sell it online or something. 
to the Russians. Yeah, to the Russians. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what's going on here in Pennsylvania, in case you were wondering what kind of folk we are out here. Yeah. That's uh, apparently what it is. And then one of the other guys uh, in, uh, is from Mechanicsburg here, and he said, I just got caught up in the act. Well, and he, he was seen beating police officers. Right. Well, yeah. that's the, the, the thing that, that we were talking about it before we started this. How many of those people didn't even realize what they were getting into? They were probably so drunk, they didn't even know what was going on. How many people were like, hey, come on, let's head up there. We'll bust a few heads, have a few beers. You know, nobody's going to know. Yeah. Next thing you know, there's a zeroing, zeroing in on all of these people. It's amazing how many people to, they have arrested so far. To, to me, oh, I know. Like I said, there's these still shots where it's like clear as a bell. Oh, my gosh, that's Uncle Frank. I can't believe it. You know, I mean, it's just I don't, they get these shots and they're their own idiots yeah. because they film it themselves and they put them on social media so the fbi is like oh yeah this is the easiest gig i've ever had let's just find these on online there was one woman i, I i'm sure there are more there was one woman she turned in her own mother when she saw her in in, in the sure. video i mean it's they're not gonna win you know, I no mean, it's, no now, the way i look at it it's kind of like how it was when i was a teenager for halloween we all met at a house we all brought our shaving cream we all knew what was going to happen but by the time it got to the point where we actually were doing things, we had no idea all the different shenanigans that we were going to do. And it was just kind of following the pack yeah. as it went and did it. So it, now obviously smashing a pumpkin and shaving cream is different than what they did at the Capitol. I'm completely aware of that. But what I'm saying is, is that you sort of go into it saying, oh, yeah, we're going to do whatever. And then it just takes like one to cross the line. And uh, if you if you're at all inebriated or you're you're a, you're a nut job uh, to begin with, you probably can get talked into doing some things. So, uh, but Absolutely. as we said two weeks ago, they did a great job of cleaning things up, making it look as uh, this was certainly the COVID inauguration. You know, hopefully, we don't see another inauguration like this with masks and everybody having to do that. Well, let's hope that we never have to see that again. I hope you're right. Hope you're right, Michael. All right. What else? What else you got? Anything else? Uh, I, I thought this was kind of interesting. Usually when you buy something online or you buy something anywhere, you're a little skeptical of the reviews. See, I'm a big review guy. So if I buy anything electronic, I will go through the reviews and sort of pick out reviews that sort of fall in line as to what I'm interested in in a TV or something along those lines. So if an owner of a restaurant is critiquing their own food, you probably think it's BS because what are they going to say? They want you to buy their stuff, right? Well, apparently there is this Chinese restaurant in Montreal called Aunt Dai. And the owner writes descriptions of all of the meals for people to pick from. And apparently it's getting a lot of attention because of just how honest this guy is. His name is Fang Fei. No idea if I'm pronouncing it right. For example, one pork stir fried dish, Fei says it doesn't meet his high expectations. He also says the orange beef, quote, is not that good. I'm not a big fan of North American Chinese food, he says. On a beef satay, is it satay? He writes, quote, 
This one is very popular. I still don't still don't have the chance to taste it. Looks like I should spend more time eating at my own restaurant, he says. He recommended stir-fried pork intestines, saying that's his favorite. Now, the menu is going viral because, quote, it's very, very, very good for our business. We don't want customers to come with high expectations and then be disappointed. <laughs> that's what we always did for our show. That's what we always did for our show. We always had low expectations for people. And then that's why we still have a following so many years after the fact, you know? Don't expect much and you won't be disappointed. That's no. that's what I always That's how we roll. That's Good how we gosh. roll. Uh, NFL playoffs? I, yeah, I, we, uh, we, we watch the playoffs. Uh, okay. It's funny you should mention it. Uh, uh, do you see that little clip of uh, Tom Brady coming out in the field to chat with Drew, Drew Brees? I Sunday? thought that was really cool. I, you know, that was neat. You know, Drew's kids were there. Tom threw a touchdown pass to one of his sons, and then he advised the boys to be nice to their sister. Uh, but I, I thought, yeah, I thought it was cool. And it and it, it's, it was off the cuff. It didn't seem like a photo op to me. It was, yeah, it was way after the game. It was yeah. way after the game, you know. And uh, the Drew Brees appears to be on the road of retirement. Uh, Tom Brady is in the NFC Championship game. Um, and – yeah, I don't see any end in sight for Tom Brady. I mean, he's still going to play. I, I, it to me, it's it's amazing. Now those two guys in their game against each other, they weren't the difference. I mean, the the Tampa Bay defense was sort of the difference when it comes to the game. So it wasn't one of those shootout, you know, games with the quarterbacks. But um, you know, those are two of the best quarterbacks that ever played the game. Yeah, I don't know. Is that the only time? I think that's the only time that two quarterbacks over the age of forty played each other in the playoffs, right? I think that's it. Um, I'm not sure, Mike, to be honest with you. I mean, if it's happened, it hasn't happened very much. No. Um, but uh, I, I, it's to me, it's amazing. And I know you're not a big Tom Brady guy, uh, but um, maybe we're sort of realizing just how important he was to New England. You know what I mean? I mean, here mm -hmm. he is with Tampa Bay, in the NFC championship game and the Patriots didn't even make the playoffs uh, this year. So we'll see, but we've got the Packers and the Buccaneers and then the Buffalo bills and the Kansas city chiefs. And I really do give Buffalo a chance to win that game against Kansas city, Patrick Mahomes. What did he get concussed uh, in the game there before? So there's talk, you know, he's, he's clearing protocols and appears to be on his way to play. But um, I do give Buffalo a really big chance. In fact, I'm going to say that I think it's going to be Buffalo against Green Bay in the Super Bowl. That's who I think it's going to be, Buffalo and Green Bay. Okay. All right. Could very well happen. You know? You're not going to make a prediction? You're just going to uh, sit there know, with that? I'm going to say Green Bay and uh, who's Brady playing for, the Buccaneers? Well, they're playing each other in the NFC Championship. In the NFC. Okay. So that's coming up this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be either Kansas City or Buffalo against either Green Bay or Tampa Bay. Somebody from the Bay is going to the Super Bowl. I'll go with the opposite that you said, whatever you say. So you're going to say Tampa Bay yeah. and Kansas City. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Now, this is where I have to share with our lovely viewers. Now, Tony and I... Not as much as we used to, but occasionally we'll get into these 
texting things. Tony texts me more than I text him. But anybody who knows me, family members and everything, know I just don't. I just don't text. A lot. I don't. I don't talk a lot. Let's just put it that way. I talked on the radio. I talk now when we do this. But other than that, I pretty much just sit in a chair and watch television. Okay, I don't talk very much anymore. Sounds good. So Tony texts me out of the blue. He knows I'm a Chicago Bears fan. And public enemy number one is Aaron Rodgers to the Chicago Bears. Um, Monday, 3.08 in the afternoon. Out of the blue, Tony just writes me saying, Aaron Rodgers is the definition of a football great. Now, he misspelled it. So he obviously doesn't really know anything about Aaron Rodgers. He's just saying this to get me. He's just saying this to get under my skin. So I do the throw up emoji. He writes back. Aaron Rodgers is hero to Americans. Is this Pocahontas saying this? Aaron Rodgers is hero to Americans throughout the nation. God bless him and his family. I wrote back a swear word to him, called him a name. He has shown us time and time again what it means to be a man. Okay. I disagree by calling him another name. I love Aaron Rodgers. I just wish he could win 20 games on the mound for the Cubs in the upcoming baseball season. Tony knows I'm a White Sox fan. Cubs are in the top five teams that I hate uh, when it comes to it. I, I said, now you're reaching. I'm done with you. He writes back, go Packers. I give him the middle finger. Vince Lombardi forever. Uh, uh, rooted, rooted. For, and he writes, rooted for free breeze in first round. I think what he means is Drew Brees. And then he writes, Aaron Rodgers has taught America what good sportsmanship is all about. Now, I never responded after that. That was at 4.05 in the afternoon. So the, all that crap that you just heard was over the course of an hour. And I work. I mean, I'm working. And he's, he's writing me this stuff. The next morning at 7.30. The next morning at 7.30. Mike. A guy broke into my house and started texting nice things about Aaron Rodgers. Still misspelled the same way that this so-called maniac who broke into his phone was writing before. You got to know that wasn't me, Mike. Then he told me if he ever gets a hold of my phone again, he was going to tell everybody that you used to be a Cowboys fan before you were a Bears fan. I told him you better not. I'll keep you informed. Now that was on a Tuesday at 7.30 in the morning. Once again, working. An hour later, Tony writes, good idea, Mike. Don't respond. Don't get too mixed up into this too directly till we know what we're dealing with. Could be dangerous. Be safe. Okay, so now Tony thinks that only he and I would find that funny, but I, I, I think that the people who follow us and the people who watch, listen to our show know just how deranged he is. And this is just evidence. I mean, whenever you see a text this one-sided where there's no response at all, 
I mean, that's that's just Tony. Look at look at the picture I have of him. What's that? I don't know. It's at some. I think it was when we did the Beardsley Zoo or something. Oh. But yeah, so that was my week with Tony. Well, now to be fair, you're going to tell me that every time I sent an Aaron Rodgers uh, text, you didn't get so mad that you saw blood. I was out loud with my swearing. <laughs> I was. I was. I was out loud. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> hysterical. Well, because I'm just like, come on. And then when you did the Cubs thing, I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> Stupid. Oh, man. Best oh. life I've had in months. Yeah, I guess. All right. You ready for yes or BS? Yes. Let me hear it. All right. So yes or BS? I'm going to say something. Is it yes or is it BS? Of course, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day was on Monday. Uh, so... Uh, the yes or BS surrounds Martin Luther King Jr. Number one, Monday was Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. Only because doesn't it rotate? It's, it's always on a Monday. Right. Always on a Monday. We're celebrating his birthday, but that's actually January 15th. Okay. Martin Luther King Day is always the third Monday of January. Do okay. you know how old he'd be? I think he's like 93. 92. He'd be 92, yeah. 1939 was his uh, year of birth. 20, uh, sorry, 1929. Yeah. Nin uh, number two, he skipped two grades in high school. I'll say yes. He was a pretty smart guy. He went to college at the age of 15. <laughs> and graduated with a degree in sociology at 19. Whoa, that's amazing. Everybody gives Doogie Hauser credit. You know, <laughs> Dr. King was doing it before that. Uh, number three, he won a Grammy. I believe he did. Yeah. yeah. He won Best Spoken Word album three years after he died for a speech he gave in 1967 called Why I Oppose the War in Vietnam. Okay. Do you know who was also up for that same Grammy that year? No, I have no idea. Bill Cosby. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Talk about two guys on the opposite side of the spectrum there. Yeah, wow. but at the time, at the time. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you didn't think that. Number four, Dr. King also won a Nobel Peace Prize after he died. No, didn't he win the Nobel Prize like 1963 or something? Correct. So, he did win one, but before he died, he won it in 1964 and okay. was killed in 1968. And number five, his full I Have a Dream speech was only three minutes long. No, that's that's BS. You and I have played that many times on the air in its entirety. Yes. It's, it's like it, a half hour long, isn't it? It's about 16 minutes long. Okay. Uh, he'd been working on it for several months. In fact, I think one of the years that we were doing the radio, they, they had an audio of him practicing that, that he would, he used it, I think, either at a church service on a Sunday or something and sort of was almost like a stand-up comedian hones his act before he does the HBO special. He was almost doing that with the I Have a Dream speech where he was doing parts of it at different times and sort of honing it in before he actually uh, oh, gave the I speech. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, sure, sure. No, no way that anybody, not just him, goes out there cold 
with, with and in fact, I could picture him. Could you picture him at the dinner table, rehearsing it with his family? In a mirror in the dinner table, yeah. in the garage, you know, wherever. I mean, he. But like I said, it was August twenty eighth, nineteen sixty three. Okay. All it's, right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And you know what's amazing about that? And and I've always found this interesting because, you know, you're a big music guy. Um, and whenever you see somebody release a song that's fantastic, you can't wait to go see them perform that song. When you have people who give speeches, that's it. You know what I mean? Like the mm -hmm. one time that they do it, that's it. And that's not a speech that somebody can, you know, another band can cover. You know what I mean? It's like, I always found that fascinating that that at that moment on August 28th, 1963, when that speech was made, he, he's not going to give it again. He's not, you know what I mean? It's like, you have to be at that moment at that time. Now, yes, we watch video of it. We listen to it on the radio, all these types of things. But to be there on August 28th, 1963, that's amazing. It's not like, you know, the new album came out of Bon Jovi and now I'm seeing them, you know, in Philadelphia and I'm going to see them perform the song. No, no, no. I mean, it's, you had to be there at that time in order to get the full weight of sure. what he was talking about. And sure. that's just, yeah, I've always that. found that amazing about speeches. Versus... That's amazing. I, you know, I, I think I told you before there, there's a station on cable. We, we get it here in Stanford. I don't know if you get it where you are. It's called get TV. And they, yeah, they think so. all old programs uh, most of the time, Little House on the Prairie and all of that. And for a time, they were running uh, old Merv Griffin shows. And I used to stop on it once in a while. And one afternoon, I'm watching it. And his special guest is Dr. Martin Luther King. And he, he comes out. He introduces him. Everybody's applauding. Uh, the band is playing. He, you know, does one of these. He sits down. And he's just a regular guy. He's talking. He was getting, I can't, I can't remember what the conversation was, but he's getting some laughs here and there. And it, you saw him in a different oh, wow. setting, a, a different. Was this after the speech? This was probably 1965. So after the speech. After. Yeah. But, but okay. you see him in a, in a different light. He's, he's got a different, um, I don't want to say a different attitude, but like a different. He's no, like, it's yeah, different, different light. Yeah. And it was cool. It was really the personal cool. side. I mean, as opposed to the great. Right. You know, yeah. Right. Order. He was, yeah. he, he was more, um, I don't want to say more human, but he was more like, no, uh, I think that's uh, fair. Like a regular guy, you know, he's, yeah, it was cool. No, I, I think that's fair because people always looked at him as, as bigger than life. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he was, he's Dr. King, you know, it's one of those things where it's, you know, I don't want to be, cruel in saying this but almost like jesus you know what i mean it's like you're in the presence of somebody mm -hmm. like that and to see him sitting on a couch talking about human things you know every day oh yeah you know i, I had a tough time doing this or i had a tough time you know going off and do it, it's it's yeah. it, it, you know it's humanizing no I, I i agree with you I, i've always found that you know you and i disagreed so much on on that aspect of the Obama administration and how he was like that, what we slow jam in the news while he was the president of the United States. I agree, you know, that that's a little too much uh, when it comes to those types of things, but it's like, I always enjoy the humanizing aspect of these, yeah. 
you know, leaders that you think are just sitting there all the time talking about, you know, the football and, 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 uh, you know, immigration and Medicare, that's all they're talking about. But to see them sit down and talk about their wives or talk about yeah, human cool. things, I always found interesting. Yeah, It was cool. I don't know if that'll ever be on again, but uh, it, it was neat to see it really was. So sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what are we ready for bad decisions? Are we done? Do Is it. that it? You ready? Uh, um, yeah. Okay. Bad decisions, bad decisions. Mike Mel and me is here for you and me. All right. As far as improvised getaway plans go, this one isn't the worst we've ever had on bad decisions. It's definitely not the best, but yeah, not the worst. On Saturday morning, the police in California tracked down a 32-year-old guy named Leobardo Hernandez in a stolen car. He took off running and eventually he busted into an apartment complex and ran into a stranger's apartment. Now, the apartment was unlocked and nobody was inside, thankfully. So Leobardo tried to pretend like he lived there and had been there all along. He shaved, changed his clothes, and even just started cooking a meal. Now, the police tracked him down. By the way, he burnt the tortillas he was working on. So the fire department also had to come to the scene. He eventually surrendered and was arrested on several charges. Just hide in under the bed, man. Just hide in the closet like they always do. Don't try to... Eventually, the homeowner was coming home, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. eventually. <laughs> Very funny. Very My funny. gosh. All right, so what's the word of the week? Uh, let's go with chocolate pudding. Yeah. I know everybody has a personal story about chocolate pudding. Um, mine's somewhat traumatic. And, and dad, I apologize for this. Do you remember the old Wendy's that had the super bars? Super bars. What do you mean? They had salad bars. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they were super bars. Yes, yes, yes. My father... Like I said, Dad, you've come a long way since these days, okay? You've come a long way. But he was so cheap at one point in our lives. And like I said, Dad, you've come a long way. You and I know this. You've bailed me out on so many occasions, and you've been very kind to me. But he was so cheap at this point in our lives that he got, I got the super bar. And I had to go up and get him chocolate pudding on the super bar. <laughs> That's yeah. my chocolate pudding story. That every time we would go to Wendy's and we would sit there and we talk about personal stuff at Wendy's, he and I. I was at that age where neither the father, you know, to, 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 to handle things. And he, and he would say, hey, uh, go get me uh, some chocolate pudding up at that super bar. Yeah, but dad, the... The rules are it's only for just just go and do it. Just go and do it. <laughs> that story is like 98% true. 98% true. Couple of couple of They tests. don't have the super bar anymore, unfortunately. They don't have they don't even have really any service anymore. I pulled up to one the other day and I pull up and usually this one has a line wrapped around the parking lot. There was no line. I'm like, this is fantastic. I'm going up. Hi, I'd like to. Sorry, sir, but our system is down. Oh, oh, it was like 
It was like vacation. How was it inside? How was it inside? Was it was it packed inside? No, their their dining room wasn't open at the time. This was like at the height of COVID. It was just it was just drive through at the time. So, all right. So chocolate pudding, not tapioca. No. Not butterscotch. No. Not vanilla. No. Chocolate. Yes. Are you a big chocolate pudding guy? I'm a big pudding fan. Any way you slice it, I'm big on it. Can you Love slice it. pudding? Yeah, yeah, she probably could. My yeah. mom would make a chocolate pudding pie for me for Thanksgiving. Right. Or we make, uh, my wife makes a thing called icebox cake, which is awesome. It's What's a that? layer of, I believe now, a layer of graham cracker, then a layer of vanilla pudding, another layer of graham cracker, and then chocolate pudding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have diabetes before you eat that, you certainly are pre-diabetic after one slice. I got to tell you, I am a full-blown diabetic and I eat it. So there you go. (laughs) The insulin is just right, right within reach. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, Thank you to all the people who wrote uh, kind things about my, uh, my boys who turned five years old. Oh. Uh, they turned five. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I went, I got cakes for them. And I went and got, I did the cupcake cakes. I, I don't make cake. Yeah. Okay? I, I don't pretend. I don't even want to learn. Okay. I buy, I go to the grocery store. These people spend hours on these things. And for just the great price of about six bucks, I can pick one up. But I wanted the boys, because they're twins, they each got a cake. Okay? Because, you know, twins get shafted. Let's face it. They get shafted. They got to share this day with this goon for the rest of their lives. I wanted them to have their own cakes. I bring out the cakes on their birthday night. And they all just kind of look at it. McKenna included. Uh, we, don't, <laughs> we, we don't really want cake. Can we have ice cream? And I said, you're kidding me, right? We're we're not going to do the cake? No, we don't. Ice cream? And then Ben's at the freezer, opening the freezer. Ice cream? Ice cream? I said, okay. So what a waste, because I don't eat cake. So the cakes were just a waste. That's terrible. I'll talk to them. I'll give them a call. I'll talk to them. Would you? Yeah. It's very just, I mean, listen, like I said, I'm not a cake guy either. I'd rather eat a whole bunch of brownies than cakes but you know i, I brought it out and everything i had the, the number five candle i was all ready to go to light it and they're all like oh and, and there's nothing worse than when you think you're doing a good thing and, yeah 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 i know yeah i mean i'm buying it i'm like oh my gosh you know i'm like i'm like on the verge of being like dad of the year this is fantastic i, I got the i'm the two-fisted cakes i'm like wow each boy is gonna have his own and then uh, we have ice cream and it wasn't even like ice cream that I bought with the cake. It's ice cream that they have like every week, like that they want it. So whatever. Kids are easy, I guess. Yeah. As long as they're happy. That's all that counts. I that's guess. all that matters. That's Good all guy. that matters. All right. Well, uh, chocolate pudding is the word this week. Remember that's you it. can watch it on Facebook, watch it on YouTube. A lot of people watch it on YouTube. Toby. Oh, yeah, yeah, you get to see the views. It's, it's quite a view, quite a few people. And then the audio podcast will be available on Spotify. Okay. People who want to download it and listen to it on the car. All right. Yeah, very good. All right, buddy. 
All right. I'll talk to you next week. Hey, I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so All much right. for being a part of the show this week, Tony. What? Who do you look at? Is there somebody who's sitting there? We're, we're, yeah, right, it'll be right there. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Bye.